Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This morning, Novak Djokovic back on court after his courtroom win. His team sweats on a verdict from the federal government. The COVID case count tipped to soar in New South Wales. The state looks to include rapid test results. Ambulance no-show. A Sydney couple forced to drive themselves to hospital when their newborn stopped breathing. Crisis talks begin as a supply shortage strips supermarket shelves bare. And two nights cold and alone, Queensland flood survivors share their harrowing story. This is 7 News with Edwina Bartholomew. Good morning. There are fresh concerns over Novak Djokovic's visa with new details raising doubts over the travel declaration he used to enter Australia. While the world number one remains here for now, there's every chance he could still be sent home. Heading back to a more familiar type of court. These are the first pictures of Djokovic since he was detained at Melbourne Airport. Have you been treated fairly, do you think, Novak? Spending his first full day out of detention, racket in hand, six days out from the Australian Open. Questions are being raised over Novak's arrival declaration in Australia. He claimed he hadn't travelled in the past 14 days, but the Serb was in Belgrade on Christmas Day. Filmed here training in Spain on January 2nd, he flew here just three days later on January 5. Providing false information carries a maximum jail sentence of one year and Border Force is investigating. In the release transcript of Djokovic's questioning, the interviewer asks, are you vaccinated for COVID-19? Djokovic says, I am not. Have you ever had it? Yes, he says, twice. I had COVID in June 2020 and recently I tested positive PCR 16th of December. Aussie tennis star Nick Kyrgios coming to Djokovic's defence after he tested positive himself. I feel quite embarrassed as another, as an Australian athlete. I just don't think it's right how we're handling it. The story is leading bulletins around the world. Novak Djokovic has won the battle to stay in Australia. Novak Djokovic. 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 This tournament is much bigger than any one person. It's a grand slam. A new statement from the Immigration Minister's office. Minister Hawke is considering whether to cancel Mr Djokovic's visa for legal reasons. It is inappropriate to comment further. Our PM has spoken with the Serbian Prime Minister. The pair agreeing this won't be a diplomatic problem going forward. Djokovic's fate still hanging in the balance. COVID case numbers in New South Wales are tipped to explode with rapid antigen tests set to be included in the state's official count. 
The tally has been lower in recent days after the government announced a positive rat would be treated the same as a PCR test. The online registration system for rapid tests is expected to be launched as early as today. Because we don't have the exact number of Omicron cases in the community, New South Wales Health is flying blind. There might finally be some light at the end of the Omicron tunnel, though. Scientists saying Sydney has likely reached the peak of its latest outbreak. The national health system is in crisis. Paramedics saying they're overwhelmed by unprecedented demand. A Sydney couple has hit out at the government after they couldn't get an ambulance when their newborn stopped breathing. Midwife Melanie Moyer has delivered plenty of babies, even her own, on her bathroom floor. Baby Ethan unexpectedly arriving two weeks early and barely breathing. Dad Alex called triple zero. We're on the phone for, you know, no more than 10 minutes. But during that time, uh, she also said she couldn't provide us with an ETA. The hospital roughly 10 minutes away, they weren't willing to wait. Mel was giving CPR as to, the, to Ethan as we drove in. Ethan was rushed into intensive care, thankfully now okay. His parents frustrated they were failed by the health system and a government that's failed to prepare it for a pandemic. Hearing the Premier talk about the system being strong and it's coping, um, it's just not. New South Wales Ambulance says it's currently facing unprecedented demand, on average around 4,500 000 calls a day alongside increasing staff shortages. We're hearing of uh, ambulances travelling uh, up to and greater than an hour across Sydney from one side to the other because they are the closest resource. New South Wales Ambulance is now reviewing the case with Health Minister Brad Hazard also reaching out to the Moyer family. But it isn't just paramedics feeling the pressure of the pandemic as the hospital system struggles during this latest COVID surge. The poor doctors and nurses were just run off their feet. It took four hours and her 17-month-old to become unresponsive before Tegan Castle could have daughter Kendall seen at Wollongong's emergency department. The pair offered little protection from COVID-positive patients. The bay next to us was a COVID-positive patient. The mother and the daughter were both positive. Families fearing the worst is inevitable unless there's change. And now, Amber Laidler, 7 News. The hospital crisis is worsening in Victoria as well with a record number of COVID patients in hospital. The state's ambulance service has declared a code red for the second time this week now that more than 4,000 workers are in isolation. It's clear cut that all healthcare services are under extreme pressures and it's probably appropriate to use the word disaster. And more people are presenting to hospital in Queensland too, the state recording 20,566 new infections yesterday. High-level talks have been held overnight with industry groups telling the federal government the supply chain crisis will only get worse. Some McDonald's restaurants have been forced to cut their opening hours due to the number of staff in isolation. And Coles has introduced another round of nationwide buying limits. Shoppers now only allowed to purchase two packs of painkillers at a time and one pack of toilet paper. To other news now, and a father and daughter have spoken out after they survived two days stuck up a tree in Queensland's flood zone. Craig Mortensen and nine-year-old Kira's car was washed into floodwaters on Friday night. They were able to get out and grab the nearest tree. And the next tree we come across was a decent sized tree with a big fork in it and I just put my arm up through the fork 
and just hung on to her and like lucky I had the rope because she broke out of my grip and then I had to rely on the rope to pull her back to me and I just stuck her up into the fork of the tree. They stayed there for the next two days until the water receded and they could go to a nearby farm for help. Firefighters were confronted by a wall of flames as fire tore through WA's southwest. More than 60 people had to be evacuated when the blaze broke out in the Millip Regional Park. But remarkably, not a single home was lost. One of the main roads was cut, trapping residents and holidaymakers. A convoy of vehicles was later allowed to make a mercy dash out of that fire zone. A Gold Coast-based space company has successfully test-fired the most powerful rocket engine ever developed in Australia. For 75 seconds, the Gilmore Space Technologies engine roared to life in Toowoomba. The company is aiming to eventually enter the satellite launch business. We generated 110 kilonewtons, and to put that into perspective, that's enough force to lift probably four large SUVs off the ground. It's planning to launch a commercial payload into space in the second half of this year. Checking finance for you now, the Dow Jones is rising, the Nasdaq also lifting. In London, the FTSE rose 46 points and Germany's DAX gained 174. Closer to home, Japan's Nikkei closed down 256 points. Hong Kong's Hang Seng dropped seven. The Australian share market fell for a second day. Consumer stocks were also hit hard. Ingham Chicken weighed down by supply issues caused by COVID staff shortages. The All Lords closed down 55 points and the ASX 200 lost similar ground. On the commodities market, gold is trading at 1,816 US dollars an ounce. Oil is 81 US dollars a barrel. The Aussie dollar is buying 72 US cents, 83 Japanese yen and $1.06 New Zealand. Medical science has taken a big leap into a bold new future with US doctors successfully transplanting a pig's heart into a human. Let's go live to US correspondent Marley Hogan. Marley, this is such a fascinating story. Talk us through the surgery. Yeah, well, Eddie, four days after this groundbreaking surgery and so far the pig's heart is beating successfully inside a human's chest. The patient is a 57-year-old man, Dave Bennett. For him, it was a life or death situation. He had exhausted all other medical avenues. So that is why he consented to this experimental surgery. And it was a nine-hour process. The donor pig was specifically bred for this purpose, genetically modified. And doctors and scientists have been working for decades to develop animal organs that can be safely transplanted into human beings. And so far, understandably, doctors and US scientists are extremely excited about this development in modern medicine, but they are also cautious. There is every chance the patient's body could reject this heart. They are watching him. It is an hour-by-hour process. So far, they say that he is stable, but they will need to watch that process. But they are excited to see what this could lead to for hundreds of thousands of others who need who need uh, organs, Eddie. Yeah, extraordinary possibilities if it works out. Thank you, Miley. Boris Johnson is facing new, a new storm of controversy over revelations of a government party during the UK's first COVID lockdown. A leaked email revealed staff were invited to a garden party at Number 10 Downing Street in May 2020. Around 40 people reportedly attended, including the British Prime Minister and his wife. At the time, gatherings of more than two people were banned. Did you and Carrie attend the Downing Street party that was organised by Martin Reynolds on the 20th of May? All, all that, as you know, is the subject of a, 
uh, a proper uh, investigation by Sue Gray. And that investigation is already looking at other gatherings at the UK Prime Minister's residence, including a Christmas party. More than half of all Europeans could catch COVID within the next two months, according to the World Health Organisation. It's urging nations to strengthen their mask rules and warned the window to act was closing fast. There have been record case numbers across Europe this winter and eastern countries have some of the lowest vaccination rates. A man accused of lighting a fire which gutted South Africa's 130-year-old parliament building has now been charged with terrorism. 49-year-old Zandil Mife is already facing a charge of arson over the blaze earlier this month. But this new charge has been added because he was allegedly caught with an explosive device. The fire caused the roof to collapse and it's been described as an attack on democracy. It's dubbed Ice City and it's certainly living up to its name. The Chinese city of Harbin, known for its cold weather, is now home to an ice-themed amusement park. It features sculptures, light shows and other installations and it's attracting quite a few visitors in the lead-up to the Beijing Winter Olympics. More sports news now. An Aussie quick Scott Boland is in doubt for the fifth Ashes test in Hobart after a fall at the SCG. It's understood the breakout star pushed through with the help of painkillers after falling on his elbow and ribs. The Aussies started training yesterday after taking a day off to recuperate. In the Big Bash, another Renegades batting collapse saw the City Sixers cruise to victory in Geelong after posting six for 150. The Sixers' quicks landed early blows and maintained control on their way to a 45-run win. If you look at this, beautiful delivery, just darts back off the seam. And we've seen that over the years from Aaron Fitch, just riding onto the front foot. He knew he was gone. Tonight, the Brisbane Heat face the Adelaide Strikers. That's live on 7 and 7, mate. But Atomic has told an on-court umpire he's sure to test positive for COVID-19 after making a typically bizarre start to Australian Open qualifying. For sure, in the next two days, I'll test positive. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I cannot believe nobody's getting tested. They're allowing players to come on the court with rapid tests in their room. Come on. The 29-year-old joked that he'd buy the umpire dinner if he didn't test positive within three days. Tomic made a speedy exit, losing 6-1, 6-4 in just under an hour. One of the AFL's rec most recognisable names has returned to the sport after six years in the wilderness. James Hurd quit as Essendon coach in 2015 and was later banned for a year over his role in the club's infamous supplement scandal. But he's now back involved in the game that made him a household name. Hurd started with the GWS Giants this week as a leadership advisor. I'm sharing my experiences through football and trying to get them to sort of, you know, lead and encourage and... and and work harder on that side of things. Foundation Giants coach Kevin Sheedy played a role in getting heard to the club. There are only 26 days to go until the Winter Olympics and our Aussie Olympians are in top form. Jakara Anthony is keeping up the pace in the Mogul Skiing World Title Race, taking silver in Canada to remain second in the World Cup standings. Bobsled Bree Walker will also head to Beijing as one of the medal favourites. She's now second in the Monobob World Standings after winning World Cup silver in Germany. The sport will make its Olympic debut in China. Severe storms that swept across parts of Australia's east coast have caused millions of dollars worth of damage to crops in New South Wales and Victoria. Farmers in Ballarat are now fearing the worst, warning there could soon be a national potato shortage after farms were hammered with heavy rain and hail. 
Well, they're not generally known for their brain power, but scientists in Israel have managed to train goldfish to drive. Yes, not a car, obviously, but a robotic-powered water tank. The fish have learnt to steer the tank to certain targets to get a food reward. Researchers say the findings suggest navigation is a universal ability and they show fish are capable of learning complicated tasks. Taking a look at the weather around the country for you now, ex-tropical cyclone Tiffany is over the Gulf of Carpentaria, bringing rain, gusty winds and storms. Troughs are triggering showers and storms over WA, the Northern Territory, Northern and Western Queensland, New South Wales and Eastern South Australia, while drawing some heat into the southeast. Cool winds are being drawn over WA and South Australia's south. A high is keeping the rest of the country mostly clear. Around the capitals now, Brisbane is 28 with a possible shower, Sydney 27 with a possible shower, Canberra 25 and a possible storm, Melbourne mostly sunny and 31, Hobart 20 and cloudy, Adelaide humid and 37, Perth sunny and 36, Darwin 33 with a possible storm. And that's seven early news for this Wednesday, the 12th of January, 2022. I'm Edwina Bartholomew.